listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm RJ live on a Friday, live in Las Vegas, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. And this is a day where my finance background comes in handy because there's some transactions to break down in the NFL. We know as kids, we thought about it like... Trading football cards. Right? You give me Joe Montana, I'll give you three Brian Sipes, maybe four. <laughs> but when it comes to the NFL, in reality, it's about the dollars. Speaking of the dollars, he's the fan in L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got a doubleheader in the NBA and the return of Anthony Davis last night. We've also got some movement in the NFL. What is the Vegas lead here on this Friday? Let's start with Baker Mayfield, and then we'll go into the Kansas City trade. So NFL transaction leading off the show. Yeah, the Browns exercised quarterback Baker Mayfield's fifth-year option, meaning he will be around with the Browns most likely until 2022. It'll cost him $18 million. Okay, so what is the fifth-year option? Because Baker Mayfield's only played three years in the NFL. And that's the situation where if you're a first-round pick only, first-round pick is after your third season, before your fourth, the team gets to exercise an option for a fifth year. So the theory is that you know you're so sure of this player, you feel so good about this player that you picked in the first round, that you are willing to say, I don't need to see the fourth season to decide the fifth season. Okay, so Mitch Trubisky had, this was a situation with the Bears just about a year ago, and the Bears decided not to pick him up. That was an example where obviously they would have liked the fifth year to figure things out, or maybe not. Maybe the Bears had to figure it out at that point. But either way, that option is picked up about half the time. In the NFL, about half the time. So right away, you can say Baker Mayfield is above average in his return with that pick. That's the starting point. Now, you might say, but RJ, he was the number one pick. So it makes sense they're going to pick it up. Except the amount of money that the fifth-year option is for is dictated by your slot in the draft, your position in the draft. So if you were picked 32nd, it's going to be a much cheaper fifth-year option than if you're picked first and everywhere in between. So it's a statement very positive or positive 
Baker Mayfield embraced by the Browns. What I'm going to ask Jonas is, I think, the first key question. How recently was this an easy decision? I would make the following case. About six games into last season, this was a 50-50, maybe less than 50% the Browns would do it. In fact, there were multiple segments on the Talking head shows saying, yeah, Mayfield probably not going to get picked up that fifth year. I'm not saying that was guaranteed it wasn't, but Jonas, let me ask you, do you feel like before the halfway mark of the most recent season, the Browns were maybe 50-50 to pick up Mayfield for the fifth year? I think they were a little better than 50-50, but no doubt the finish of the season cemented their, their wanting him back and wanting to exercise this option. I agree with you 100%. Is It went from... And, and I think in general, the talk shows are going to uh, amp up the drama, right? That's kind of what the shows are about. Right. So it kind of makes sense. Maybe they're not going to pick up Baker's 50-year option. Maybe it was 60%. I think Jonas is probably right. But it really wasn't obvious. It really right. wasn't a slam dunk that the Browns would do it. I would have been shocked. In fact, it was an, almost an impossibility the Browns weren't going to do it this time. So it does show you that those last 10, 11 games, counting the playoffs, is uh, Baker stepped up and played his best ball. There was that narrative that 2018, you know, his rookie year was the best year. Well, let's look at QBR. Baker Mayfield's QBR, 2018, number 23 in the NFL. 2019? His second year, he was number 19. So 23rd is rookie year, 19. So he's getting better. 2020, 10th. So 23, 19, 10. If you actually look at the second half of his season in 2020, so now we're going to break it down to the last half of the last year, QBR was 77, so that's the actual QBR itself. We don't have a ranking for split season, but that's higher than the season. In 2020, it was 72. So 72 to 77, up five more points. McKenzie and Research, what would 77 have done for the season last year? Okay, we'll see. You got that? I'm sorry, one second. Yeah, take your second on that. I'm RJ Bill. We're straight out of Vegas. My guess is it's going to be upwards of third or fourth. Now, the question we got to ask ourselves, how much of this is the supporting cast and how much of this is Baker Mayfield? Do you have that number? Yes, it would have been fifth, right behind Ryan Tannehill. All right, so this was, if you, and again, we can say we're cherry picking, except if you're three years in, the most recent half season is going to be the most telling. Is fifth best quarterback by QBR in the NFL, Baker Mayfield, but he had a great offensive line, he had some great playmakers. He finally got rid of OBJ. Oh, wait, that's the narrative. I don't know. (laughs) But uh, no OBJ, but still a lot of playmakers. So I think it's fair to say on the Jets, for example, Baker Mayfield would not have been the fifth-rated quarterback, but just as equally sure that he would have done better than, (laughs) than Sam Darnold, in my opinion. Jonas, how much credit do you give to the Browns 
team? And in general, what do you think of the evolution of Baker Mayfield? Well, I think that what's interesting about this is just the timing of it all. Because I would also argue that the reason that Trubisky didn't get his option picked up is because they had multiple years to see him in the Matt Nagy offense. And they knew what the ceiling looked like with him and what the floor looked like. Whereas Baker Mayfield finds himself just one year into Stefanski and they've got all those weapons around him. And I think this year is massive because they've committed to him, yes, but I'm wondering what teams around the league are going to do with another look at Stefanski and that offense and what sort of adjustments they're going to make because I do think there's a possibility that maybe teams and defenses have some answers and Baker's going to have to do a little more on his own. And that is the the real beauty of the give and take, the ebbs and flows as you get more experience in the NFL. So, Jonas, if I'm hearing you correctly, what you're saying is, on one hand, and we've heard this a bunch, hey, it's the first year this quarterback's been in the offense. I mean, give him a year, give him another year. You know, So there's a sense of if you're early in the tenure of a coach or a scheme, it kind of is an excuse. But on the other hand, when they tend to do well, there's also the narrative that first year they do well, the narrative is, well, now they got tape on them. And now what are they right. going to be able to do? So I think both are true. Sometimes you can think, hey, the first year was tougher, second year is going to be easier. And sometimes, sometimes the first year is easier and the second year is tougher. Do you have any sense of which one of those two it would be with Mayfield? The fact he did well makes you think maybe there's a regression, but are we sure? Well, I know we're not sure, but which way do you lean there? I see. If, if you're to ask me and I'm at a betting window and you said, do you think Baker Mayfield's going to play better than he did last year and improve or he's going to regress a little bit? I would bet on regression. Really? And, 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 and I like Baker Mayfield, but I just think a lot of things went their way. Like they want to like if we're going to be honest about the playoff game, you know, uh, the first snap of the game goes into the end zone and it was a snowball effect. And all of a sudden the Steelers are scrambling to try and get back into it. And they did make a run in that game for sure. But I just I felt like a lot went their way last year. And I don't know if they're going to get those same breaks. That's Jonas Knox. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. Are we talking about the Browns? Are we talking about Baker? The Browns as a team, and we've seen when the team struggles and they don't play as well, that Baker Mayfield, when you depend on him to try and win you games, we've seen him not be able to do that. We've seen that the year before. So I think as a team as a whole, him included, they're going to take a step back. And that's the question. Has Baker changed? Has he grown into year three? Or was it the circumstances just got better? Because what we know is quarterbacks that get dismissed where they can't, they're never going to get another start unless someone's hurt are winning quarterbacks. I mean, let's look at Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles was in a conference championship game. He couldn't, he can't. Even uh, is he even a backup or is he third string? I'm not sure. He's not. Uh, you know, Jonas. I think he was with the Rams last I saw. I but think. but not Cur- as the backup. Yeah. Currently a free agent. Yeah. yeah, he's currently. Yeah, he's available if you need a co-host for the weekend <laughs> right now, Jonas. And he it wasn't that long ago. And think back to this: Jacksonville was leading and was the Vegas favorite yep. in the second half to go to the Super Bowl. Well, I bet Jesus was probably tweeting on that one. <laughs> and the fact is. 
You know, like in the end of Patton, where they say there's the whisper, glory is fleeting. Well, if you're an NFL quarterback that don't have the skills, even if you win, the league is has no mercy. Think about Tim Tebow. His record, he still won, I think, seven of his last nine games. Seven of his last nine. Never take, I don't think, another snap in the NFL. And Trubisky's record is pretty good. I mean, the one-loss record. Yep. But they look at the tape and they say, this is what we need to win, and you don't got it. The Browns are saying Baker has it, at least enough for that fifth-year option. FSR, you got to love it. Uh, you know, the commercials say the best talk lineup is stepping outside of that. I agree with that. I think the talent here is amazing. Colin played, made a move here that is so sophisticated. So he's been a critic of Baker Mayfield from day one, I think it's fair to say. And he was predicting not great things for him, you know, year one, year two, whatever. This year, entering year four now, he's saying, I think the Browns are going to win the AFC North, right? Even though the Ravens are significant favorites to win the AFC North. And think about the brilliance of that if you're calling Cowherd. Because if Baker bombs, Browns don't make the playoffs. Or would anything other than winning the division, maybe even the wild card, you could say, huh, fell short of expectations. So now we're setting the bar mighty high. Right? And even if he makes the playoff and wins and goes to the second round, let's say division round, then the th- th- oh, well, it's the same thing as last year, didn't step up. But imagine, I mean, imagine if he bombs. It is, I mean, he'll get to celebrate and, and not celebrate, but he'll get to take a, um, well, he might celebrate, let's be honest, (laughs) but he'll get to take a bow, Colin. But, But I think the real tricky part is if he does go to even the conference championship game, Colin's going to say, that's what was expected. In fact, I predicted it. So the only way Baker can actually win this, this bind that Colin put him into, and I'm not, I, from what we see, it seems like Baker does tend to listen and respond and all that, is if he goes to the Super Bowl. Because even if he goes to the conference championship game, it will be, I, Colin will be celebrating. He predicted it. Right, and if he falls short, Colin was right before. He just got caught up in all the hype, but he was right. Baker's back. Baker has won. They have to be one of the top two teams, the Browns, for him to declare victory over the herd. What do you think of that one, Jonas? There's well, a reason he's at the top of the heap. Yeah, and it's a it's a great way to hedge your bets. Uh, <laughs> I think we've seen was it Mattress Mac who did that? Uh, the uh, the mattress store owner who had a big bet on somebody and then late he- you know started hedging his bet to make sure. Yeah, he won so that's something. a guy out of Houston. Yeah. And what happens is they have some deal where if you buy a mattress and the Astros do something, right. or and then what he'll do is come to Vegas and bet as if the Astros would to hedge. But to me, what's beautiful about this is the framing is different because I mean let's think of what the analogy would be is anytime you're negative on someone once they're a little bit you know underperforming all you got to do is predict a step forward for them and you can't really <laughs> lose at that point and 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 again no one's taking transcriptions of every word said there's going to be you know a quick mention on Collins right and Collins wrong probably once and then for the next 4 months there'll be the celebration and again I you know player respects game as they say I appreciate the framing there. I do. All right. When we come back, (laughs) that was a great transaction to go over. And again, Browns and Mayfield, it's a strong statement. 
Not as strong as if they re-signed or extended him. They could have. This is when they extended Mahomes. We're also going to talk NFL transactions when we come back. The Kansas City Chiefs, we saw the O-line in the Super Bowl. They just got a pro bowler. That's coming up next, but first, straight out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. Dealing with a dead battery, head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. So next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution, and America's number one battery destination. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words, then the heavens gonna fall. The government runs a business. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments from now, we will get into a big-time trade in the NFL. Yes, this is a great day to join us. We're going to talk about the transactions. We might actually... Jonas, what do you think? A little UFC later? You got anything for us on the UFC? Yeah, I might, might have a little something. Yeah. All right, we'll give, we'll give you 33 seconds to <laughs> woo us. We talk more UFC than we do hockey, and this is a big card this weekend. It's a great day to join this is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audience has doubled in the last year plus. That's because of you and your support, and we appreciate it, and we're going to keep earning it. I promise. You can listen on the weekends, especially. Great time for the podcast. You just search for Straight Out of Vegas on your favorite pod player. Boom, it's there. A lot of stuff this week to catch up on. You can do that. Just search Straight Out of Vegas here in Vegas on the Strip. 80 degrees. The neon is flowing. So, RJ, we had a big-time trade in the NFL earlier today. The Ravens trading two-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle Orlando Brown and a second-round pick to the Chiefs in exchange for three picks in next week's draft, a first, a third, and a fourth. Okay, that's fascinating. So, the Chiefs... So, what we're saying is the move from the first round to the second round... Or you could say in the opposite. The Ravens went from the second round to the first round, right? And yes. they both were picking late in the draft, so they moved up about 30 spots or so. Yeah. Right? The Ravens. Yeah. Okay. They didn't get as much there as you might think, because um, if it's just a first-round pick, that looks outstanding, right? Is the Ravens with a guy who my understanding is, and you probably have more insight, Jonas, into this, there was a dispute about left tackle, right tackle, and you want to explain that a little bit? Yeah, the way I understand it, so he stepped in when Ronnie Stanley went down, and he was playing. He went from right tackle to left tackle and then took to social media and said he was a left tackle. He was unhappy that he was going to be moving back to right tackle. And part of his reasoning uh, was that his father always wanted him to play left tackle in the <laughs> NFL, so it was like a lifelong dream. And his father, I think, his head passed away, so he wanted to honor his father and have the opportunity to play left tackle somewhere else. And we're not saying it's anything more than a coincidence that left tackles get paid more. Yes, right? very good. Yeah. And, <laughs> and let's be candid. If a father's going to want anything for a son, it's to get paid properly. Absolutely. It's, it's what Jason Peters from the Eagles uh, last year, when they wanted to move him over, he, he before he agreed to change positions to tackle, he wanted a bump in his contract because tackles make more money. And, and the Eagles gave him that bump in the contract. Well, coincidentally, my father, who's still alive, 
says it's very important to him that only Colin Cowherd makes more money at FSR <laughs> and, that, and that I would be number two. Okay, I'm not sure good. how it's going to go. Yeah. Maybe not well. <laughs> but I mean, we got to respect that from a father. No, but all joking aside, whatever the reason, left tackles, whatever the reason for this being so important, left tackles make more money, the blind side. Though in the years since the book, The Blind Side, than the movie, it's less so the case. The and again, I'm going by the experts I trust that the whole left and right and, and, and the more formulaic elements of the offense in the NFL, it's a little less predictable like that. But still, left tackle is a little bit more important at minimum. And at some teams pay a lot more regardless. Um, I was just listening this week to a podcast on PFF and uh, Joe Thomas, the Browns left tackle, formerly was there uh, interviewed, and he says today he thinks right tackles are equally important, and he's a you know f- he was always a left tackle, but in the market they do get paid more, no doubt about it. It does take a slightly different skill set, as far as I understand. I think you got to make the case Kansas City did a really good job here, because anytime you have to buy, right, you go to a car dealership. And you might buy a car. You are in such a stronger position than if you have to buy a car. And if the salesman knows you have to buy a car, forget about it. You're in big trouble. And in a way, Kansas City has to get tackles, or at least they had to. And the fact that they only gave up about 30 slots effectively in the draft by trading a first-rounder for a second-rounder and got a, a pro bowler. I mean, this is a guy that if you look at PFF's grades on Brown, 77. That means that he is an above average starter on their grading system, Orlando Brown. And his cap hit this year, now this is the last year under contract, the rookie deal, but it's less than $4 million. So a very reasonably priced, uh, above average at minimum tackle. I mean, I think you got to give an A plus, an A plus to Kansas City. What do you think, Jonas? Yeah, I would agree, especially the fact that we all saw it play out like that. It, it, it's one thing if yeah. you know you have a glaring weakness and you're mixed in with a bunch of one p.m. Eastern time games, but when you're on the biggest stage in sports and your offensive line gets exposed the way that it got exposed, I give them credit. They tore it completely down and they brought in a completely different offensive line. I'm fascinated to see how it works, and and this is a significant upgrade over some of the injuries and stuff that they were dealing with uh, in the Super Bowl. I would say this, at the very least, the offensive line is going to be better than what we saw in the Super Bowl. Well, listen, I, I would make the case the offensive line is good, is is projecting to be better than it was in the regular season last yeah. year. No, that's because fair. Yeah. as much as Eric Fisher was the number one pick overall in the draft, he was moving towards being an average tackle. By the again, I can't grade linemen. I'm just looking at the grades out there, and oh, you know, in his 30s. And I forget the guy's uh, – was it Schwartz, the guy on the right yeah, side? Yeah, Schwartz, yeah. With the back injury. Yes. You know, and the rumors are that either one of them might re-sign. I don't, I don't think either have signed at this point because the injuries are going to extend, I think speculation is, into the regular season a little bit. But yeah. they could sign on a project – it was what, Long they signed? A guy that was retired for one year? Yeah, Kyle Long had retired for a year dealing with his 
own injuries and wanted to come back. He visited the Raiders, then he went and saw the Chiefs, and then he signed. I think they got him for like one year, $5 million. So they've done a pretty good job as far as Oh, I think excellent. I mean, you can make the case that this is the one real solidifier, that a young guy, don't expect injuries as much as with a young guy, Good price, good salary cap hit, and now you've got lottery tickets, right? Maybe Long's a 50-50, but hey, if he hits, he's worth more than 10 million. So if you got a 50% chance of 5 million, great. And I think they'll probably have at least one more lottery ticket. Probably will take two linemen in the draft. Maybe set, you know, well, I guess they don't have second round, but um, well, I guess they got another second round this time. So they now they got two second rounders in theory. You know, I, I'm predicting at least two linemen in the draft. And my prediction is that Kansas City's O-line will not be a weakness. And if it's not a weakness, don't forget, as much as we're celebrating Tampa Bay, as much as I thought, you know something, it doesn't make a ton of sense Kansas City's the favorite. We talked about that at length this week, and now Tampa Bay's moving up to be equal to them as the co-favorites to win the Super Bowl, Kansas City and Tampa. Even with all the injuries Kansas City had coming into the Super Bowl on the O-line, Kansas City was favored. The fact the game went the way it went, we can act like that's gospel, but games go, think of an NBA seven-game series. Right? Team wins by 30 one game, they win by 30, uh, lose by 30 the next. It happens. NFL, it happens too. And I think we're all saying, oh, without, without an O-line, Kansas City's horrible. And they probably are. And the O-line was worse than we expected. But if the O-line was anything like it was during the regular season for Kansas City in the Super Bowl, and they play that game 10 times, probably Kansas City wins it more than five. So as much as they seem to be down right now, the thing that caused them to look so bad in that one game that everyone watched is no longer the case. Closing thoughts on this, Jonas? Yeah, no, I would agree. And we can, you know, it's it's easy to look at them and find flaws within what they've done and, and all that. And we were talking a little bit about, you know, the performance in the Super Bowl, but what they lost, you know, two games last season, the season before. I think they, they ran off a stretch of like 22 and one at one point as far as consecutive games that they had won since Mahomes came back from his knee injury. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of teams who would trade those quote unquote issues with Kansas City right now. I think if they just get even an average performance from their offensive line, they're still going to be a tough out in the, in, the, in the NFL next season. No doubt about it. Though the other side of that coin of the long win streak was they had gone like nine straight games without covering. Yeah. So it's like on one hand, and, and, and listen, I was a skeptic and we're now you know on a pretty good streak with our skepticism. I was a skeptic of the Clippers. Right, I think you got to play together well to win. I do, which is making me start to wonder about the Nets. Right? Then I was a skeptic of Kansas City. I don't think the NFL is that you can turn it on like a light switch sport, and it happened not to be. Right? And it doesn't change the fact that they were defending Super Bowl champions, which means maybe they were a little lackadaisical, Kansas City. Now they're looking for redemption. I'm going to be interested to see the intensity the Chiefs play at. Because last year, whatever you want to say, they did not play with enough intensity. And I think it bit them in the end. Last thing on this trade, Bill Barnwell made an interesting point. If you actually do the math on the Jimmy Johnson chart, this is like Kansas City sending the 44th pick to Baltimore for Orlando Brown. So you're looking at, what, the uh, 12th pick of the second round 
for an all-pro. But remember, when you draft someone, you got four years of cost certainty and cheap contracts. Here, you only got one year left. So he's not as va- It's like Sam Darnold. If Sam Darnold were a rookie, even if we knew how bad he was, <laughs> even if we knew that, he would be worth more than Carolina paid for him because Carolina had to think, well, heck, I've got to make a decision on Sam Darnold about the fifth year option. I don't get. Now the question is, is it going to be uh, an Andy Dalton situation? Which is, and this is where I think to wrap up all the NFL, Jonas, the Baker Mayfield thing gets interesting. If Baker has the same year, identically as last year, what kind of now? Now you're not going to enter the fifth year usually with that option picked up without a contract. You could, but you probably won't. Yeah. What kind of deal if Dak's at forty? You know, Mahomes is more than that. Where is this exact Baker Mayfield per year? I've thought about that. Um, he shouldn't ask for anything less than what Dak is, Dak's getting. Oh, my God. So you think he'd be like the second or third highest paid quarterback in the I, NFL, I, Baker I think, Mayfield? I think he's going to ask for it. trying to give Colin a heart attack? No, no. I think, I, think, I think if he has a season like he had last year and they go to the postseason again and they finally have some stability at that position for the first time in a long time and he's the quarterback that's leading this resurgence of the Cleveland Brown organization, I think him and his agent are absolutely going to ask for $40 million plus absolutely whether they give it to him i have no idea but i think they're gonna ask for it well hopefully for the love of talk radio we'll have like two years to talk about it <laughs> no. just like I mean, imagine like the 45th time it's like okay rumors are there may be a deal in cleveland it's, now remember with dak he didn't have a 50-year option because he wasn't a first round pick right. so it accelerated things a little bit but you're right because really the question is in any negotiation can you say no? Can you say no? Can the Browns say no to 40? Because what do you do then? Do you, you're going to be picking like 23rd. You'll be like the Patriots or worse. How do you get a quarterback when you're already pretty good? Yeah, you're, right? you're almost backed into a corner because of your history, because of your inability to figure out that position. And yet here they are. They've got a guy, and there's still questions about whether or not he really is the guy from a lot of people on the outside. I mean, in a weird way, that's why I think what Miami's doing seemingly with Tua and backing him might be a mistake. Because imagine that Tua is blowout. Let's say Tua is a little bit better than Trubisky, let's say. And that's not crazy. Yeah. What do you do? Because they're still with that team going to be picking 22nd, 23rd, maybe 18th. But you don't get a good quarterback at 18th, typically. You're, you end up being the Bears, who went all in, traded away a first couple of first-round picks for Khalil Mack. Get one and, shot at it. And they've got two playoff appearances and no wins. And in a way, isn't that what the 49ers, where they're going to be? Now, you can get yeah. a guy like um, Fitzmagic. You can get a guy that's the 12th, the 13th best quarterback. It's hard to win a Super Bowl with those guys. Yep. Right? All right, let's do this. We're going to talk some NBA, specifically Anthony Davis and his return. Straight out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. You can hang out with us, as always, on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. You know, Jonas, as I was listening to the news, I was reading through some of uh, our memos we do, and Mackenzie does a good job on. Boy, you look at these draft choices that went back and forth. I wonder what the rationale was. So Kansas City, they sent the second-round pick and a sixth-round pick in 2022, 
And then the Ravens got a first rounder, a third rounder, a fourth rounder next or this year too, and the fifth rounder in 2022. It just is interesting. Like, why would they be exchanging so many picks? Yeah, it's. I, I know that teams do. I don't know the exact reason, but I think there's whether it's a chart or something that teams yeah, look yeah, at. Yeah. Be, because thrown into the Khalil Mack trade, and it's ironic we just mentioned that. But the Raiders also sent the Bears a second round pick, so they yeah. got a couple of firsts, but they sent out a second round pick because it would it would equal out to a certain. There's a certain yeah, and I think the rationale of that is pretty simple or is is clear. I guess here with so. What I would agree with you, I imagine we got dollar bills, right? And I, and you think that you got something worth seventy seven cents. So now we got to figure out how to make it right. where you're getting seventy seven right. cents. So and picks in the future years are discounted about twenty percent. So you can keep kind of hey, give me that couch and I'll give you the TV, but you give me a ride to work and then you buy me lunch. Right. You know, it's all kind of different ways to get there. But boy, they these are two teams that have a very exact idea of what picks are worth. <laughs> <laughs> because it was like eight picks went back and forth to get to that number. And let's be candid. Kansas City and Baltimore are two of the more analytically driven, intelligent teams in the NFL. I think the nature of this trade speaks to that. Okay, when we come back, we're going to look back at last night, talk about AD, not a good performance. What does it mean about the future? And a little UFC talk, probably a pick we'll get from Jonas. And I'm going to give you a pick, probably draft-related. I'm choosing between two, but it's going to be a best bet. That's coming up next, but first straight out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. Dealing with a dead battery, head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. So next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution, and America's number one battery destination. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted, and it's money-making time next here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So, R.J., we are not going to be talking hockey this segment, but we do have a big-time UFC event. Uh, Fans are back in the building in Jacksonville. We've got UFC 261 coming up tomorrow night. Okay, so you got two choices, or you can do both hat or a double speed. Give us your best bet. And or give us a take on the main event or give us both half speed or double speed. 
So uh, take on the main event. It's going to be Jorge Masvidal versus Kamaru Usman. This is a rematch from their fight last July when uh, Masvidal took the fight on short notice and Usman basically wore him out because that's what he does to everybody. He's a really good wrestler. His striking has gotten better. But Masvidal's been the, the talk of the UFC. He's been one of the most, uh, the highest selling fighter in the UFC the past couple of years. Just his, his persona, everything that comes along with it. I still think uh, Usman is the better fighter and probably gets the win, but Masvidal's always a fun watch and always a live dog. So the line I'm seeing right now, odds, is um, the favorite... Uh, Usman is, if that's right, is, yeah, 430, is minus 435. Yes. So you got to bet over four dollars. So it seems like you lean dog there. Yeah, I would just based on the on the line and how much you would get back yeah, if Masvidal were to pull it out. Uh, my, if I were going to make a pick, and this is only a lean, I, I don't like this, but I would go to the women's fight, one of the women's fight, and I would go to uh, Rose Namajunas, who's a plus 170 in a lot of places. You can find her a plus 170 against Weile Zing, uh, who is a really, really good fighter, but Rose Namajunas has only lost uh, one time in the last four years. Her one loss was in a title fight she was dominating but she got slammed on her head and they stopped the fight and she got TKO'd uh, you've got Weili Zhang who's coming off this fight this war with Joanna Joan Jacek uh, a couple of years ago <laughs> she has not fought since that was actually last March so it's been a little over a year so I like Rose here as an underdog again I, I, I don't I, I don't bet it myself personally but I would lean that way because you're going to get plus money for Rose well this is hilarious because one of our guys at pregame.com who does the UFC quite well, Sleepy Jay's his forum name, his best bet is on Zhang. So we got a little <laughs> battle here. Now, yes. But I'm going to admit something. I looked at these names. I had no idea it was women. <laughs> I mean, it's like, how do you say the Rose? I guess Rose should have gave it away, but I just saw that last name that had like 14 letters in it. How do you yeah, say that? Rose Nama Yunus. Uh, they just call her Thug Rose. That's just oh, what she goes well, I by. I like Thug Rose. Yeah. I mean, that's but, not, I want to bet on Thug Rose. But but the 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 woman that Zhang just fought, the Polish fighter, Joanna Joan Jacek, uh, that one don't even try. I don't even know yeah. if I'm saying it right. Yeah, Joanna Joan Jacek. Yeah. Boom. I can do This is all a facade. To make me seem folksy and down home, I, Jonas, I could do exactly what you do. I choose not to. All right, tonight in the NBA, and maybe we'll get the updated line if we could. Jonas, is let's look at Denver, Golden State. I've got some thoughts on this game. Yeah, it is the second half of the doubleheader on ESPN later on tonight, and on pregame.com, Denver a two and a half point favorite on the road at Golden State. Okay, this season in the NBA has had more disparate motivation. So let's say that simply. Teams not trying real hard in given spots more than any season I've ever seen. Would you agree with that, Jonas? Have you ever seen an NBA season or any professional sports league in which effort was more hit or miss than this NBA season? Yeah, it seems like they've used the short offseason as a reason why going into or, the season. Yeah, yeah, if it's an excuse, if it's a legit yeah. reason, whatever it is. And the thing that – you know me, I'm not afraid to be critical of the players – but there's so many injuries happened this year. You got to kind of be sympathetic that this isn't normal, right? Because yeah. if it were, why so many injuries? But what we know is Denver was written off when Murray got hurt for the season. It was like, oh, they were surging. They just made a good trade with Orlando. And the sense was maybe Denver goes to that top tier in the West. And then, boom, Murray's out. Dreams are gone. But since then... 
Four straight wins by Denver. So what do we know for sure? Typically, I would fade Denver. Why? Because the public's saying four straight wins. But what I think is different this year is that the four wins means Denver's focused. Murray being out means it's it's they want to redeem themselves. They want to say, we aren't out of this yet. So the fact that you can be pretty sure Denver is going to have max motivation that's rare. I mean, we see Milwaukee play, you know, um, Philadelphia, and these teams don't seem to have, you know, maybe Milwaukee does one night, Philly last night, maybe they didn't. I don't know. People sitting out by choice in games that seem to really matter. Denver's going to play hard tonight no matter what. Golden State just had an injury, or not an injury, but the streak was stopped with the great Steph Curry games. Then they had a day off. It could be one of two things. They start another streak, or there's a sense of, ah, that was a heck of a run, but I can't keep doing that. And if that's the case, it'd be a drop-off. I think Golden State and Curry is a question mark, meaning is it going to be back to the way it was before the streak got broken, or is it going to be let's take a little break here because we're going to maybe make the playoffs. So a lot of people like Golden State here. I don't, so I'm not making an official pick on it, but stay away from the Warriors would be my opinion. If you missed any of today's show, including a deep dive on the Baker Mayfield exercised option from the Cleveland Browns, and also a look at the trade between the Ford, between the Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs, you can check out the podcast at FoxSportsRadio.com. We are straight out of Vegas back on Monday, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.